podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'm joined this week by Cammy Bell. David, David, my friend, how are you? I've not talked to you in so long. I'm not too bad, Cameron. How are you? Looking forward to uh, your nuptials? Yes, my nuptials are set and ready to be uh, penetrated. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's, it's and the we are w- getting very close to D-Day. It's the one night you're guaranteed. That's uh, that's the night to try everything. Or Friday night when I go out my claw hammer. <laughs> And moving swiftly, well, that actually counts as love in Livingston, from what I'm told. Uh, it's a, a different it counts as marriage in Livingston. Yeah, there's a different different set of rules to what we have here on on the civilized coast, as you and I know it to be. <laughs> but uh, we're here to talk about uh, finally after the end of the international break. Um, I suppose we should cover Gordon Strachan's being given the tin tack. Any thoughts on that? Well, um, it's a lot to. Bad in front of von Frankenstein and Joseph Fritz. Old genetics has cost him his job. <laughs> yes, I suppose in a way it has. Um, oh, now there's don't don't say you don't get different angles on stories from heart and hand because you know where else were you getting the Fritzel and Frankenstein uh, comparison there to, to Gordon Strachan's tenure? I suppose you know for Mark McGee it gives him an opportunity to find a club that he can go and um, ruin. Well, we were just talking about this actually, David, and saying about uh, wouldn't it be funny if they offered McInnes uh, the Scotland job and uh, McGee slotted right back in at Petodre? <laughs> that would be uh, just the, the merry-go-round of hilarity that is Scottish football. I bet your Motherwell fans are shitting themselves. Yeah, well, as I put up in social media the other day, the Scotland job is so unattractive, even Barry Ferguson's distanced himself from yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty bad. All we need now is Ryan Giggs to not be in Stuart Baxter, and we'll have the full house of uh, uh, exactly. the, the constantly linked people. But uh, we are not here to talk about that, and I don't think our listeners are here to hear about that. We are here to talk about, finally, after two weeks of international football, we get back to real football on Friday night with a trip to McDermott Park to take on St Johnston. Now, uh, the last time we were there ended in a, a fairly routine 2-0 victory, but it was the last game of the season. There was nothing left to, to be decided, and I, I don't think we can we can take too much from that. The previous match there was a 1-1 draw uh, last season where Rangers took the lead through Barry Mackay. were playing terrifically, then a characteristic blunder by Rob Kiernan gave away a goal, and after that, Rangers completely fell apart, as happened far too often under Warburton. But again, probably not really much of a guide, except to tell us that St Johnston have over the years proven that they can be a, a really difficult side to to go and get three points from. And they've finished in the top four uh, in the last three seasons. So definitely a side, Cammy, that we can't take lightly. No, and um, it's just it's just one of those things that kind of tends to happen. Actually, we've had a couple of uh, Friday night games um, kind of quite close together on the calendar obviously the international break that hasn't helped that um, and McDermott Park on a Friday night probably if the weather's in to go by will be sleet and probably you know not very nice at all um, so I'm just hoping that we uh, we got there and, and have a similar to, uh, performance to, to immediately prior to the break so I think it's about a question of 
making sure that everyone's back on point. Coutinho is making some um, some good noises about how training has been going this week. Um, and everyone's kind of more or less back together. I understand Alvarez was one of the last ones due to return from international duty. He is now back. Um, so I'm hoping that we'll uh, we'll get to a space where we can we can put a decent performance and, and hopefully come away with the three points. And Johnson are immediately underneath us in the table, albeit there's a bit of a gap. Um, but you know they definitely will fancy being able to get something from it. I would suspect. I, I think it's almost a guarantee that St Johnson will be top six this year, and I think they'll be looking at top four. So, absolutely, they're a side that, although you may not quite give them the same historical status that you give a, a trip to Hearts or a trip to even Easter Road or whatever or Pataudry, then their record indicates that maybe we should leave that attitude at the door rather than just saying, well, it's St Johnston, we should beat them. I think that their record over the last few seasons has, has proven that. And that, that leads me into something that we, we try to avoid the sort of tabloid stuff of the manager said this and the manager said that. But this week there's been a, a fairly public spat. Um, well, I, I don't know because I don't think Pedro was involved in much of a spat, but he certainly made a few comments that riled the St Johnston camp. And uh, the, the two main ones were Rangers played a closed door friendly against Morton last week. Uh, I believe it was three Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And uh, after the Benfica game had been called off, and I believe it was uh, three periods of thirty-five minutes to to let them try out a lot of new players, which is a very good idea. And reportedly after the game, one of the comments Pedro made was he said it's good preparation for St Johnston because Morton play in a similar way, and. While I believe with that comment he just meant in terms of the way they were set up, of course the media spun it to be insulting to St Johnston to say that they were comparing St Johnston and Morton and, and some of their players, including Steve McLean, who's a, a former a former Rangers youngster, took the bait on that. And and some people were celebrating that and some people weren't. I normally would take the manager's side on that. I really would, but I thought it was when people say, I can't believe they're upset by that, I I can, because we're asking them to, to look at the minutiae of the comment and to see the way it was it was phrased and stuff. We wouldn't do that if another manager had said something similar about us. And although we know what Pedro meant, I can also understand why St Johnston would be upset at what they feel was him effectively saying, or oh, they're comparable to a first division team. I thought it was maybe clumsily put. And then later in the week... Pedro was referring to leaks in the dressing room and, and suggested that St Johnston were aware of his team for a match last season before we played them. And the obvious inference was that the leak came from Michael O'Halloran. And again, St Johnston reacted poorly to that. Now, I I do defend Pedro and I like him a lot and I think he gets terrible coverage. And I do think, again, the media have taken his words this week and somewhat twisted them to try and create a story, which they have managed thanks to St Johnston's response. This week, though, I, I'm not going to give him as much slack because, one, he's been here long enough now, and two, they were both unnecessary comments. I don't think they serve to benefit us in any way other than perhaps adding an extra bit of motivation for a side who really don't need any more motivation for what's a massive game for them live on TV on a Friday night. Yeah, I mean, there's a part to that, I suppose, where... I think context is vital whenever you talk about these things, and I do feel, and I'm, I mean, this this is maybe a, a, an overreaction in my part, but I am absolutely 
in the camp of, I do believe that there's a xenophobic campaign against Kachinia. And actually, my, my kind of, I understand where you're coming from in terms of, you know, you can only defend them. Um, you're right in terms of the, the comments weren't well articulated. And I think borderline could have been insulting had he fully understood why a team could have been insulted by getting compared to someone in a division below them. The problem you've got with that is I don't actually think that's what he was meaning. I think that when I've kind of almost kind of taken a step back from that and taken on board what he's trying to say, I think what he's looking at is being able to talk about teams who will try and sit in against us, potentially try and hit us on the break, being able to try and hit us from set pieces. And there probably are some big similarities, but then I wouldn't contain that to St. Johnson and Morton. I would say pretty much the majority of teams outside probably Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen and Celtic, whether we're at Ibrox or whether we're playing away, would probably sit and almost be quite pragmatic in their approach. I don't think that's translated well when Coutinho's tried to make comments such as that and potentially he should have put a bit more dialogue around what he truly meant by that rather than just simply saying, yeah, they are a first division side, St Johnson, and therefore we should beat them easily because fundamentally that could come back to bite them in the arse if we lose tomorrow morning. Uh, like I say, I do understand and Everything you said there is correct Before people start saying, oh I can't believe you're, t- you're not taking Pedro's side I am, I, I do think that uh, His English is fantastic But should also be remembered in terms of using idioms That it's not his first language And, and we need to cut some slack And you are absolutely well, correct it, well, it is, but, the pro- but, but as, as reasonable as we are on this pod What we then need to look at is Um we all know that managerial mind games can happen. I don't think Coutinho is that, you know, that type of manager. I really genuinely don't. Um, however, what I do think is when he's when he's then talking about actually, I think what a lot of Rangers fans would like to hear from him is actually this is a Rangers way of playing. This is how we do things rather than concern themselves too much about the opposition. And actually, he did that if you remember, David, right at the start of his tenure was that he came out quite eloquently and spoke about opposition at our press conferences. Um, and I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a kind of resemblance of that coming back where he's yeah, actually talking about opposition, how much he knows about them, rather than actually playing to our strengths and talking about you know how yeah. we will approach the game rather than how St Johnson may set up against us. No, you, you're absolutely correct. And there is a xenophobic campaign against him in the press. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And I, I think that there's, there's so much evidence. What I would say in this instance though because we do try to be fair don't get me wrong this is us being fair to you and me and to our listeners and the Rangers family if anybody else says anything then it's fucking square go outside moan then but in this instance all I would say is if if the week before we were playing Celtic Brendan Rodgers they'd had a a friendly or a, a cup match against Falkirk and he came out and said, that's useful because they set up and play the same way as Rangers. We would be fucking annoyed, let's be honest here. We would take that as a slight. And the idea then that stuff that we would take as a slight, other supporters of other clubs shouldn't because we know how it was meant, I don't think is a a position that we can hold with any great authority. And I, I do no, it's think... Not, it's, not, it's not a level playing ground, you're right. I, I don't think in this instance... I, I know what he meant, you know what he meant, but I can understand why St Johnston don't and, in fact, 
if you like might take it the other way because it's a, a decent motivating tool certainly as a manager you know to be able to go in and spend the week saying he thinks you're a first division team that's that's what this guy thinks you you need to ram his words to the throat the other thing the the O'Halloran comments uh well O'Halloran's not going to feature because of the, the the parent club rule so that's that's one thing I think between this his assertion earlier on the season about O'Halloran not having a Rangers mentality which was another comment he made. I think it's pretty fair to say that this is not a typical Pedro comment so much as he really hates Michael O'Halloran. And given that that's the position of, I'd say, probably 60% of the podders on this show, I suppose I can't really take him to task without firing most of you. No, and and I think that, um, you know, Pedro would be right. So if it's the case that he then feels that uh, O'Halloran's a grass... Then, I'm, 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 you know, <laughs> if you want to talk about people on the pod, we've probably all called them a lot worse than a grass. So as far as I'm concerned, if a Halloran is a leak, then I, I couldn't really care less. To be fair, I, I don't. I'm still, you know, of the belief that he'll never play for Rangers again, even after his loan spells over at St Johnson. So as far as I'm concerned, it's water under the bridge. I, I, I think he's made it perfectly clear that Coutinho doesn't rate him. I think he goes um, further than not right now. I think he absolutely despises the guy. But uh, no, yeah. you're, you're totally correct. Getting back to, to better matters, to more football matters. And my apologies because, yes, we do rail against the soap opera element of football. And here we are talking about it. But I do think in this case that it was appropriate simply because uh, I, I do think it's at the stage where Pedro should just, when asked about the opposition team, just go, oh, they're a good team, but here's what we're going to do and what have you got any special plans for you'll see because there is no mileage at all there's no benefit at all for him not the, to the, do that the, the, prob- the problem you've got with this right and this is where I've got a larger concern with it is as you've said it, it, it serves to motivate the opposition okay now as classless as our friends across the city are never at any point have Celtic in their unbeaten run domestically actually turned around and said we don't believe this opposition is good enough or we think they're lower tier opposition, etc. Because actually, the most sensible point there is you're not having to anger the people that you're playing against. But given the fact that we've heard so much of this, albeit it's calmed down recently, this dressing room turmoil that we're having at the moment, what Coutinho has effectively done is turn around and said to his, his players that if they lose, he's given them an excuse for why they might potentially lose that game. Because the players will turn around and say, well, you, you've you know, knock them off their kilter and, you know, you've made them put 120% against us because of your comments. That is a problem. That's where I actually think he should have been a lot smarter with what he said and did. Um, because what he should be doing is going up to the players and saying, you know, this is your responsibility now. You were able to put in this performance a couple of weeks ago. This is what I'm looking for you now. That's your opportunity. That's your challenge. That's your motivation. And actually, this is probably dialing back to what I said before, is actually, why don't we just talk about ourselves rather than really commenting too much in the opposition, irrespective of who they are? Mind games only work if you've got a compliant press. That's one thing that people, I think, don't take into account. Mind games worked for, they always use the example, Sir Alex Ferguson. That's because the media were terrified of him and would report it exactly how he wanted it reported because they knew not to cross him and they knew there were consequences for doing so. Similarly, when Mourinho does it, it's the same thing. The, the press will do exactly as he says because they know that they don't want to lose access to 
Chelsea and, and now Manchester United. We don't have that, so mind games will be spun in a different direction and therefore they're not as effective a weapon unless you have a compliant press. That That's my feeling on it. Now, heading on to other matters, Alfredo Morelos conducted an interview this week and revealed that he thinks that, Alf- uh, that uh, Carlos Peña is the best player at the club. Now, quite encouraging, certainly, because it, it would indicate that he's showing up and training well. I think... He had an absolutely horrific game against Hamilton uh, a couple of weeks ago, but we got away with it. I think he, he'll feature tomorrow night. Uh, we're coming into a key run of fixtures for him, aren't we, in terms of making or breaking his Rangers career? Well, yeah, we are. And um, what appears to be the case is in the most recent report says that actually Miller is now back in with the first team, etc. So his well, he definitely short is. Term, he's training with the first team short, and Pedro's yeah, his, speaking his, well His short team exodus is, is finished. Um I don't know if that puts Peña's position immediately at threat or whether or not uh, Coutinho may stick with him and still give Miller that opportunity to be around the first team if he's not featuring for them until you know he's comfortable doing it. And actually, um, as, as has been said many times in the pod, Miller doesn't deserve to be playing at the moment. Um, he may even get a sub-appearance or whatever, but if he's getting 30 minutes, then I still believe that Peña should get 60. Get 60. Aye. Um, and I think that from that, uh, the most important thing is uh, getting Peña a, a kind of decent run of games and actually getting his confidence up. I don't think he's fully fit. In fact, I don't know if he's really that close to it in any capacity. Um, but I, I think actually the Hamilton game is a good comparison because he's lucky to be playing tomorrow night. He's lucky to be available for selection because I think he could have got at least two red cards in the game against Hamilton. Mm. Um, but that being said, uh, hopefully what he should do is capitalise on the opportunity he's been given to be able to then say um, you know this is this is what I'm capable of delivering and, and that's that's what I think almost all the Rangers fans all of the uh, um, you know all of the team actually want them to do because you know it, I, I don't believe that you have a price tag of two and a bit million if you're a if you're a cart horse you know No I, I agree and I thought it was a a classy touch from Morelos to, to boost the confidence of a, a teammate who's struggling but I also think as well it shows that clearly that he's, he's shown something in training, because it's always a concern with a, a new signing, especially given the rather unfair rumours about Carlos Peña that were circulating, that clearly he he is doing something to impress his teammates in training rather than slacking off. So I think he deserves a bit of credit for that, and hopefully it will translate out onto the pitch. Now, you mentioned there about red cards. Of course, we, we got one in the last game, minimal miss Ryan Jack. He's going to be a miss, Cammy. He is going to be a miss. Yeah, well, Jack's done really well, and I think uh, we've... we've um, again, when we've spoken about Jack, we've always done so in a positive context. Um, very, very quiet. Doesn't need a lot of kind of um, bells and whistles around him. Uh, but actually, I think that as you covered, <clears throat> excuse me, in the last pod, he uh, was rightly sent off. I think it was a bit silly, um, and it's those flashes of immaturity that probably suggest that that's actually where his development areas are because I'm very, very comfortable with everything else that you deliver on the pitch. Uh, and to use your own words, David, from the, the last pod that you did, um, he's, no use to sit, um, he's no use to sitting in the stand. Nope. So uh, he will be a big miss. Who would you go for Absolutely. in terms of replacement? Because it, it could lead to a formation change. It could lead to, you know, there's certainly a few people have mentioned this season possibly going three at the back. But given the fact that one of them would certainly be Alves, and as you say, he's been away, so they can't have been working on that one. That would tend to rule that out. Uh, the, the, the sort of obvious direct replacement would be Jason Holt, who did do very well when he came on against Hamilton, I felt. 
So Holt, yeah, Holt's a, a contender. I don't know as to whether or not we could, if we were to include Pena, I would also even look at putting uh, Elton left wing, either with a four at the back, which potentially could include Hodgson or three at the back, and put Elton on the left wing because I think he was, you know, just outstanding. He was, Hamill, he was obviously. terrific, huh? um, And then potentially toy with Pena. Um, or Windass rotating uh, behind Morelos up top um, so there's, there's some pliability in terms of what you want to be able to try and do in there but uh, I think to be honest with you the safe thing is to go with Holt to begin with and then if the game's going our way or you know, if it's another Hamilton for example and it completely turns in its head even by half time or whatever then at that stage we then even consider let's, um, let's have a look at how we can try and adapt that and actually, actually that was what was really interesting about that Morton game, that training game, that setup about doing it in these 35-minute segments, um, because he was doing that purposefully to try and see about trying out new things, etc. As well, how that would bleed into the first team, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's at that stage where it's ready to, to launch yet or not. But again, like you say, the fact that he's thinking about doing stuff like that um, actually gets me quite excited about the variables that he could use with that starting formation, albeit the fact that it's forced upon us because of Jack's omission. Yeah, that's it. You've got to turn uh, a crisis into an opportunity. And I don't think it's a crisis at Ryan Jack. I'm overstating that. But, yeah, take a problem and, and turn it into something positive. And like I say, Holt showed up really well in the last game. So that was that was a bonus. You're not going in with a guy who came on and then had a terrible performance and you're thinking, oh, Christ, we might have to use him. We do have that flexibility with the fact that, that Elton looked, looked so good going forward. He could possibly push forward. I think there's a lot of things that the manager can do. I mean, I... I, I He's also showing that he'll stick to winning teams where possible. So it could be, we say, the same side that lined up for the last match simply with Holt put in as a direct replacement. So it's tough to call. But I'm going to ask you to call it anyway, Cameron. So uh, what is your prediction for tomorrow night's score? So tomorrow night's score, David, is going to be uh, 3-0. Oh, confident. To us? Yes, to us, just, yes, yes, just yes. checking. I am going to go for two 0 and I think that I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll see cutting out of the individual errors because I think it's individual errors that are costing his goals. I don't believe that it's systemic. Andy McGowan was talking about that in the pod a couple of weeks ago, and he was spot on where he said there's systemic errors, which is what happened under Warburton, and individual errors, and there's individual errors, and that's what we have found. So if we can cut out the slackness, I believe we have enough firepower, and I'm going to uh, back El Buffalo to get back on the goal trail tomorrow night. So that's my prediction too. Now, if you've enjoyed this show, there's lots and lots and lots of heart and hand content available currently. Uh, I did a solo pod earlier this week, a Q&A International Week special, so you can go back and listen to that. It was uh, around about 70 minutes and people seem to like it. But there were so many questions that we actually had to do an overflow. And if you haven't been to our YouTube channel and subscribed yet, then why not? Because uh, there's, there's loads of great content on there. You'll also find this podcast there. All episodes of the podcast go up on YouTube before they arrive anywhere else apart from Acast. So those are the two places that uh, ideally we would like you to go to get your pod either download on the Acast app or go and have a listen to it on YouTube or do both if you enjoy a pod that much you can do both and please share it with your friends give us a subscribe we really really appreciate it it's a huge help to us if you do that you can get in touch with me to tell me fuck off David I've no interest in going to your stupid YouTube page uh, I'm at Rocks on Twitter Cammy, you can ruin his marriage by constantly hate tweeting him throughout his, his stay in Las Vegas and you'll be able to do that at all dick pics to be sent to at beat that beat 
I've got a picture of Scott. Hey, 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 hey. Scott's actually, Scott's actually my best man. Scott. He's coming out because by default I look 40% more handsome. Scott was my best man at my first wedding. Um, and I didn't bother with one at the second because I got married in Vegas as well. And well, I know, but the thing is, though, that I think that that was probably where you already started to put that marriage down the shitter when you looked to your side and saw him standing there. Yeah, you know, he, he did a he did a good job in the morning. He took me. He knew I was nervous, so he took me to Ibrox. And uh, although he, he said, you know, looking back, David, see on your stag weekend when you were sitting outside, really drunk and tears going, I don't want to get married. He said, looking back, that might have been a clue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But he, he, uh, he, he did a good job. I've got a credit credit where it's due. Okay, folks. Hopefully, uh, three points tomorrow night, and one loser draw. We'll be back on Monday with uh, full analysis of the pod in the flagship show. My name's David Edgar. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Podcast Network.